Man, I am I'm pumped to be here with you this morning. We're in uh, John's Gospel. We're in John chapter 14. Uh, as you begin to work, work your way there, let me just pray for our time and uh, ask God to meet us in this place. So, Father, we come before you in the name of your Son and in the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we ask that you would simply do what this very passage tells us that you do. Holy Spirit, inhabit this place, make much of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So when we, when we came up out of the water after being uh, 45 minutes under the water on a night dive, and we surfaced, immediately we recognized that we were in danger. We, we were in great danger. We were on a night dive in Okinawa, uh, a place that we had done many, many times before. Uh, but at this night, we had made several mistakes that they train you not to make uh, when you go through your dive class. And so the first one is when we uh, arrived at the cliff's edge, and it's about a 75-foot cliff, 75 cliff with stairs down into the water, uh, we looked at the sea condition, and we spent more than 10 seconds deciding whether or not this was safe to dive. We hemmed and hawed. We said, we don't know. It could be okay. Well, we drove all this way. Let's just go do it. So that was the first mistake. Second one was uh, there was three of us, uh, me, another experienced diver, and then someone who uh, just got their dive uh, certificate, had never dove before. Uh, we took him on a night dive. Now, I, I love diving at night. It's, a, it's an amazing experience to be in the ocean. It's, it's both uh, peaceful and terrifying at the same time. Uh, other animals come out. I've seen sharks at night, octopus, stingray, uh, just really cool things. And so we got in the water. We went down. We had a, a, a path planned out, a dive that I've done dozens of times before, uh, and we, we went. But because it was Josh's first time, he was burning through his air faster than uh, the, 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 the route was, was intended to go. And so he gives me the signal, it's time to go up. And I'm looking at him like, okay, this, we haven't hit our, all of our markers, but we'll go up. And so we went up, and as we broke the surface, then we saw the biggest mistake that we made. As we looked out, we, we realized that the wind that we had saw when we went in an hour before uh, had picked up, and what was waves were, were now massive rollers crashing against the, the cliff wall uh, onto uh, lava rock, razor sharp, and uh, our biggest mistake was that we neglected to put a light on our exit point. It looked like a massive black wall with rain and waves, and we had no idea where to go. Now, we couldn't just swim to the, the, to the cliff edge because the waves were now crashing on the edge, and if we didn't go to exactly the right spot, we would get tossed onto the rocks and just decimated. And so we realized this is pretty bad, and, and Josh didn't help matters when he starts freaking out. Oh my goodness, what, what are we going to do? We're going to die. This sucks. This sucks. I'm like, dude, shut up. We, we know it sucks right now. We're all here. This sucks. We don't know where, where we're going to go. And so uh, we just said, well, let's, let's pray about it. Let's, let's just look and, and see. Uh, and, and it just looked like a black, massive cliff wall. There was no exit. And so we, we couldn't get close, and we, we swam for about an hour and a half. And finally, we said, I think, I, think that, I think that's the exit. 
And, and so we're like, okay, let's, let's go for it. And, and we go and we get to the part where the waves are crashing and they roll us onto the sharp rocks and we realize there's no exit. At that point, we say, oh my goodness, do we, do we dump all of our gear and try a 75-foot night cliff, cliff out of here just to survive? And we're like, no, that's probably more dangerous. And so we, we go back past the wave break, back out into the ocean, and we swim along just saying, oh, God, this is not good. This is not good. Uh, after about another half hour or so of just uh, along the surface looking desperately for our exit point, uh, I happened to roll onto my face, and with my dive light, I saw a glint of metal, and I knew in that moment uh, that was a chain uh, on the ocean floor that would lead us back to the exit point. And so we dove down, and with the last bit of our air, we, we took the, me- the, the chain all the way out to the exit. If only we had a light... If only we put a little Kim light or one of our flashlights in that moment, it, it would have been uh, dangerous, but, but it would have, uh, would have been hope. It would have been uh, something to shoot for, but we had nothing in that moment. And uh, what, what is true physically is often true just in other areas of our lives. And maybe you, you're in an area where you, you're just surrounded by the silky dark, black darkness of the ocean and the waves are crashing and you don't know where to go. And maybe it's relationally, it's spiritually, and if only there was a light, if only there was something to set your eyes on and head to, then you would feel hope. See, where we're at in John's gospel, that's, that's kind of spiritually what the disciples are now feeling. It is, it is a dark sea, crashing waves, danger on the horizon. And Jesus has gathered his disciples, and it says he loved them to the end. And in John chapter 13, he begins to tell them uh, about some very dark days ahead of them. And he begins to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go away. And they're like, no, 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 don't go away, Jesus. We, we've invested everything in you. We're all in. We've left family. We've left jobs. We've left careers. You're our only hope. What do you mean you're going away? And so Jesus says, no, I'm going away. And he begins to uh, set some, some small lights on the stairway out of, of their situation to try to encourage them. And last week we looked at that. Matthew preached on that. At the beginning of Matthew 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. And he begins to roll out these things that they could try to fix their eyes on to, to, uh, to find some hope in the midst of this dark, dark days. He says, I go to prepare a place with, for you. I'm going to prepare a place. And good news, John 14, 6, you can go to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, but you can come to the Father. And I imagine that, that was meant to encourage them, but they weren't necessarily encouraged yet. They, 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 they don't know what we know. Like, like we know that they're going to get out of the water, but they don't know it yet. It's just dark. It's dangerous. The waves are growing. It looks scary. And, and so he goes on and he says, hey, you're going to do greater works than me. And they're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? We, we can't go on a walk uh, across Galilee, uh, the Sea of Galilee. We, we can't uh, bring uh, dead people back to life. We can't open blind eyes. We can't heal people. What are you talking about? And he says, well, you can ask anything in my name and I'll give it to you. He's trying to encourage them. And I just imagine one of the disciples is thinking, Jesus, Jesus, we can ask anything in your name and you'll give it to us? And he's like, yeah, I ask that you don't go. 
We don't want you to go. We want you here. We need you right here beside us. And so Jesus then at that moment pulls out the massive light, the, the massive kind of like calling Batman in the sky kind of light. And, and he sets it there and he says, well, look at this. This will lead you out of here. And that's where we're at in John chapter 14. Pick it up in verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He says, the Holy Spirit is coming. Now, now let's chat for a second. When, when I say the word Holy Spirit, there, there's different things going on in this room. Some people are like, oh no. <laughs> let's not be that kind of church. <laughs> some people are like, yes, I've got a shofar. I've got some things. I'm going to bring them. No, that's not where I'm going either. See, the Holy Spirit, it, it, there, there's a lot to, to know about the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes in churches, at least in the West today, uh, they go into two camps. Nothing about the Spirit or bad teaching about the Spirit. And so if you're worried that we're going to, you know, just try to stir this up and, and we're going to get people barking like dogs over on the side and other people slain in the spirit, if you don't have a church background, I'm glad you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but we're not going there. And at the same time, maybe you come from a background where your Trinity, if you're like bat, from a Baptistic or a Reformed background, your Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And you don't want to talk about the Spirit, or you might have this view, you know, of the Trinity. Well, God the Father, he's kind of the grumpy old man. He's judgmental. He's angry. Then you've got the son. He's, uh, you know, the bearded Mr. Rogers. He's nice. He, he's tolerant of all things. And then you've got the Holy Spirit. It's that weird uncle that shows up at weird times and does weird things. And we just don't want to talk about him. And, and what I'm saying is that this, this is tragic because the Bible actually has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. And so let me just say up front, this is not going to be a sermon that, that gives you a survey of the Holy Spirit. How offensive would that be to one of the members of the Trinity if I could uh, explain him in one sermon? That's not the case. But what we get here is we, get, we have one member of the Trinity, the Son, telling us about the purpose, the presence, the power, the promise of another member of the Trinity. That's a message I want to hear. That's a message I want to receive. And remember, it was for their hope. It was for their joy. And he says, guess what, guys? When I go, I'm going to send another helper. That word another, uh, there, there are two Greek words he could have chose. Another like someone different, another kind, or another that is just like me. It says, just like me, I'm going to send you another. And, and the word in, in the ESV is helper, but yours might be counselor or advocate. It's actually a hard word to translate because it, it means this, this person that comes alongside and argues with you and argues for you, uh, this, this person that is present in your life. And, and notice a few things about the Holy Spirit, just a, a few things here before we roll into this. He repeatedly refers to him as him, him, him. 
It neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. The person, the, the, the biggest thing you need to know this morning is that the Holy Spirit is a person. A person that is inviting us into relationship with him. And as a person, we should pursue that. We should pursue what, it, what he is about, what, what he loves, and, and what his purposes are to better understand. And, and simply understanding his personhood will give you power in your life. And I'll explain in just a moment. But he is a person. He is uh, the spirit of truth. He is referred through, throughout the Bible and in this passage as the Holy Spirit. That, that is the adjective that describes him. So again, let's, let's chat. Uh, we, we often say we, we, we are a uh, gospel-centered church. And we'll say things like, uh, it's okay to not be okay. God will meet you where you're at. And we're going to continue to say that every week. And we're going to talk about the grace and mercy of God. We're, we're going to talk about grace, 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 grace. And yet, one caution I would have just a caution is, in hearing that message every week, we can misunderstand gospel grace to mean, well, God doesn't care what I do. He's got to forgive me. God doesn't care what I think. God doesn't care what I say. God doesn't care how I live my life. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. And if that's how you've understood the gospel of grace, then you don't understand the power. Because the same power that can forgive you of all sin is power in your life to prevent you from sinning in the first place, to, to help you in temptation, to help you persevere. Uh, we, we need to understand that. And the Spirit does that because He's the Holy Spirit. And He wants you to live holy lives. And your lives matter. So He's a person. He's holy. His presence in itself, just relating to him as a person rather than some cosmic force like Star Wars will bring power in your life. Like how, how, how does just knowing that he's a presence and a person in your life give you power? Well, I'll explain. Uh, doing military ministry for 10 years, uh, working with a lot of young guys uh, that were uh, often come to, desiring to live holy lives. They would come and confess their sin, often around sexual uh, addiction uh, or other things, and, and they would talk to me and they'd say, we just can't beat this. It just, it just comes and gets us every time, and it's so powerful in our lives. There's no way, uh, we can't live victoriously in this. I'm like, yeah, you can. You can flip that off like a switch. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, does something happen in the body when you turn 35 that we don't know about? You can just turn that off and everything's going to be... I'm like, no, you can, and you know you can. They're like, no, no, we can't. Okay, I said, well, well explain this. Imagine uh, you are uh, with a girl and things are progressing beyond what you think they should have. And whatever analogy you use, a baseball diamond, whatever bases you've come around, and now you're at the point of no return. Imagine that moment. And you're, in that moment, you're, you're telling me you can't just switch that off. I'm like, no, 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 that's the point of no return. We can go. And I said, now imagine that the door flies open and this girl's Navy SEAL father who just got back from Afghanistan walks through the door like a switch. <laughs> Why? 
Because it wasn't the, the overwhelming passion that you couldn't control. It was the presence of the Father and the bigness of the Father that turns that off like a switch. When you understand the Holy Spirit is present and active and He is holy and you know that He is not only in your life but, but in your being and, and you relate to Him as such and you grow in your relationship with Him, holiness just begins to come out in your life. So He's got presence he calls him the spirit of truth. And if you, if you look down a few times, we see the second thing that the spirit loves to do. Um, down in, so the spirit of truth in verse 17. And then, where was I at on this one? Oh yeah, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Spirit is our teacher. Uh, turn over to verse chapter 16, just because this is the same context where Jesus is talking about the Spirit. In, in chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. The Spirit is our teacher. He is the best teacher. He, he is, um, what I love about this is what Jesus is saying here. Its fulfillment is found in the fact that I am holding this book. Like, like what Jesus promised the disciples in that moment, when I leave and I send the Spirit to you and he'll, he'll remind you of all things and he'll teach you all truth. Uh, well, who does that? Well, through the Spirit, the, the, the Apostle John writes the Gospel of John. And, and Matthew writes Matthew. And, and Peter writes his epistles. And other letters get written. They get written by the Spirit. But the Spirit uh, comes and... and um, man, I just, I just realized I met, missed a major point. So let's just back up real quick. <laughs> major point, okay? We're going to get back to two. This is the worst preaching class ever. But... Um, <laughs> I missed a major point. Okay. So did you notice at the very beginning, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, if that's all Jesus said, that would not be good news. That, that, that wouldn't be good news because, man, that's what God's people have always been called to do. That's what Adam and Eve were called to do. Love God. Keep one commandment. They couldn't do it. And everyone else never has been able to do it. And as God has tried to renew covenants with people, he says, love me, keep my commandments. They're like, yeah, we'll do that. Next day, they don't do it. And now Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we're like, Jesus, we can't. Like, that, that's too, we haven't been able to do that. But that's not all he says. He says, I will send the helper, I'll send the spirit of truth to you. What is Jesus saying here? It's actually incredibly good news because what Jesus is saying is that the promise of the new covenant is here. So you have to go back 600 years to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36, Ezekiel gives them this promise. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. This is the promise 600 years before. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. Ephesians 2 says you are dead in your sins and transgressions. And so he's going to give you a heart of flesh, a living, beating, spiritually beating heart. 
and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The Holy Spirit is holy. And because he takes up residence in our lives, he enables us, he empowers us that we can love God, obey his commands, love other people. That's how we do it. Did you know that, that Jesus' whole ministry, his whole life, from his uh, conception, his ministry, growing up, his power, his miracles, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, do you know it was all empowered by the Holy Spirit? Like that's how Jesus did that? Jesus emptied himself of, of, of his glory, put on human flesh, and as he walked on planet earth, it was all done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he did it perfectly in perfect obedience. He loved God and he loved people by the Spirit. And so the good news is you're going to get that Spirit. You're going to have that power in your life. Okay, now back to point two. That Spirit's our teacher. And he's going to teach you all things. And that becomes fulfilled in the fact that we have the word in our hands. Now, these guys were not the, the brightest bulbs in the box, remember? I mean, in John's gospel, they're constantly confused. They're impetuous. They're arguing. And now we have the gospel of John, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter? I mean, in the book of Acts, it says they could tell he was untrained, unschooled, ordinary man who had been with Jesus. And all of a sudden... I mean, if you go and read First and Second Peter, it will blow your mind. Peter is not capable of that, but with the Spirit, he is. And the Spirit loves to be our teacher. And his primary tool to teach us is his living word. And so uh, when we encounter truth, you should be encouraged because that's from the Spirit. Like we, we, none of us in this room are just like, man, I'm just really smart enough to figure God out. No, the Spirit opens our eyes. Paul says, tells the Corinthian church that in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So good news. Have you seen any light of the gospel of the glory of Christ? Know this, the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes. The Holy Spirit has opened your hearts in that. So he's our teacher. Uh, there, there's another thing that the Spirit does. The Spirit, uh, when it says in verse 7 of chapter 16, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Matthew talked a little bit about this last week. But, but do you believe that? Like, aren't we, all, aren't we all just a little bit envious of the disciples? Like, there's something in us that thinks, man, it would be really cool to walk with Jesus for three years. Like, like I'd be less tempted. I'd be more righteous. I'd be more holy. If Jesus was by my side, that would be really cool. But, but Jesus says, it's better. It's better that I'm leaving. I'm like, do we believe that? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is a person, has taken up residence in your life, is teaching you truth, and it's better for him to be in you? Like it, Next week, if I say, you know, I'm going back to the mission field, but that's okay. We got other applications. In addition to Matthew, Jesus is going to be your pastor. You'd be like, oh, go ahead, Mark. Uh, this is going to be awesome. But, but, but Jesus is saying, no, no, it's better. So, so better than Jesus beside you is Jesus inside you. Amen. And so he's going to be 
present in our life. He's going to empower us. He's going to teach us. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Spirit, because he's holy, convicts the world. So, so that's out there. So, so right now, uh, thousands of people across the planet, because Jesus has gone and he sent his Spirit, right now, in the moment that we are gathered here, right now, across every tribe, tongue, and nation, there, there are people that are having their eyes open to the truth of the gospel by the Holy Spirit. They're seeing their sin. They're seeing God's holiness. They're seeing Jesus' provision, and they're turning in faith to him. And, and the Spirit is transferring them from the dominion of darkness and bringing them into the kingdom of the Son God loves. That's happening right now. I believe that's going to happen in Parker today. By God's grace, that could happen in this room right now. That's what the Spirit does. He brings conviction so that we can see Jesus. And the Spirit continues to do that in our lives. It's called sanctification. It's the progression of becoming more and more and more like Jesus. None of us will arrive this side of eternity, but the Spirit, because He loves us, because He's active and present, He will constantly Open, our, our, open doors of our heart, open doors of our house and say, hey, you think you're doing pretty good, Mark? Look at this door. There's a lot of pride in there. We're going to work on that. And it's painful, but it's good. And he said, well, over here, you, you, you're kind of greedy, Mark. You're really trusting in things more than you're trusting in me. And so let's, let's do some work on that. And, and just when you think, you're like, I'm feeling pretty good, the Spirit will be like, well, you're not Jesus yet. So let's look over here. The Spirit brings conviction. And so when you're convicted, man, it's an acknowledgement, it's evidence that the Spirit is at work in your life. Praise God for that. If you weren't, man, that'd be a tragedy. So he brings conviction to the world. And then the last thing, verse 12 of chapter 16, says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority. We read this already. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And then the last thing, he will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit loves to glorify Jesus. So Jesus loves to glorify the Father. And the Holy Spirit loves to glorify Jesus. The, the greatest evidence of the Spirit at work in a church, in a nation, in, in your heart, in your life, in your family, the greatest evidence uh, that the Spirit is alive and active is Jesus being lifted high. Is Jesus being seen? Is Jesus being savored? Because that's what the Spirit loves to do. Now, we can debate the other th passages about all the other things that the Spirit does and the sign gifts and, and, and what, what, what place those have in the church today. Uh, but in the end, is Jesus seen? Is Jesus savored? That's the test. That's the evidence. So, so what does this look like? Well, when I was 21 years old, I was going to Colorado State University, and my roommate, good friend, came to me and he said, hey, let's go study abroad. I'm like, a girl? Like, what? He's like, no, we're going to study overseas. I'm like, what are you talking about? Where are we going? He's like, we're going to go to Prague. I'm like, never heard of it. <laughs> okay, well, just go down to this office, sign up, and, and we'll, we'll go study there for a year or so. I'm like, okay. 
And so I, I went down there. He signed up. I signed up. And a couple of weeks, I didn't like, it was on, on the early dawning age of the internet. So I didn't like look up anything. I didn't know anything. Certainly didn't know the language. And, and so didn't know that I would become a missionary there one day. Uh, I just was like, okay, I'm going. A couple of weeks before I get ready to go, my roommate comes to me. He's like, hey man, I got a girlfriend now. I'm not going. I'm like, but it's okay. They're married now. So it worked out. But I'm like, okay. And so I get on a plane, no nothing, no nobody. And I, I fly over to the, the Czech Republic and land. And I just remember uh, that first day being there. I'd never been to Europe. Uh, I'd never seen this. And Prague is one of the, the very, very few cities, major cities, that did not just get decimated by bombing during World War II. And so we, we got there, settled into our communist buildings, and then took the tram down to the nice part of town uh, with the old buildings. And, and just I remember walking around, and I wrote in my journal that night, it feels like I'm walking in a fairy tale. There's a castle on the hill. There's a cathedral. There, there's the tower walls. And they're all lit up. And it is beautiful in that moment. You know what I didn't write in my journal? I wasn't like, man, these massive lights were really cool. Because that's not the purpose of the lights. The purpose of the lights were so that I could see the glory of the buildings. And, and so, so churches that will only talk about the Holy Spirit are missing the purpose of the Holy Spirit to lift up and magnify Jesus. And so when you see Jesus, you know the Spirit did that. The Spirit's at work. And you should thank Him for that. And so this has massive implications to our lives. This isn't just doctrine. Like, this should blow your mind. Like, no one should be yawning in this moment saying, yeah, I learned that in, in Sunday school. No, the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer, has taken up residence in your life. He's teaching you truth. He's shining his light of holiness and glory on Jesus. If there's any of that in you, that's eternal. That's what matters forever. And so just be aware of that. Be aware of that this week. When you open the word, pray what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I pray that I might have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Ask the spirit to do what the spirit said, Jesus said the spirit's going to do. So this will blow your mind when you read your, your Bible. This will change the way you read your Bible. When you're driving down the road and, and you got your worship music on and you feel your heart starting to soar in worship, recognize, hey, Spirit, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for letting me see and savor Jesus. When you, when you see the mountains, not today, but uh, when you see the beauty of creation and, and you feast your eyes, uh, know that the Spirit is opening your eyes to the glory of God. So this should change. Know that the Spirit is in your house, in the way you talk to your wife or your husband or your kids or your brother and sister. The Spirit's there and He is holy and he will empower you to live holy. And as a church, man, we want to be a spirit-led church. We don't want to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want to invite him. We want him to teach us all truth. We want him to convict us of sin. We want him to shine a light of Jesus in here. And so we open the word. We sing the songs. We come to the communion table. And every time we gather in our gospel communities, the reason we pray for one another is because we believe the Holy Spirit is in that room and that there's power in that. The reason why we open the word is because we believe that Spirit loves to teach us eternal things through his word. The reason why we serve one another and serve the city is because Jesus has served us 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. To that end, let me pray for us, and we'll come to this table. So again, Father, we come to you in the name of your Son and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are active, present power in our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would have a growing awareness of who you are and what you're doing and what you want to accomplish in our lives. And that you would bring conviction of sin, that we might turn and become a little bit more like Jesus because of your work in us. That you would open blind eyes, even in this room, if there's any, that they would see, maybe for the first time, the glory of Jesus. Make much of Jesus in our lives, in our families, in this church, and across the city, and across this world. We ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.